First, a message from our sponsor. Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output Podcast, we've got stories about a couple of greedy tech companies. be bad news for many people that Comcast Xfinity is looking to raise the rates on data for certain users. Andy Sheehan explains what this could mean for your bill. Comcast Xfinity says this will only impact about 5% or its heaviest users. But people who depend upon that connectivity for business and school fear it couldn't come at a worst possible time. Comcast first introduced a data cap on home internet service back in 2012. And in 2016, the company expanded it to 27 out of the 39 states in which it operates. Customers were able to avoid caps for years in northeastern states where Comcast competes against cap-free Verizon Fios. But Comcast now says the party will end in 2021 as it extends the limits to all customers, regardless of location. Here are InputMag.com editor Ryan Houlihan, editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky, and news editor Craig Wilson discussing the news. Comcast is about to introduce an internet data cap for your entire internet, um, which is a new concept to Americans across the Northeast in addition to the, I think it was 27 out of 39 states in which it operated, that it it had expanded this and now it will um, introduce it across the Northeast, where Mm -hmm. all your data will have to be less than 1.2 terabytes a month, which sounds like a lot. But if you think about Netflix and Zoom and listening to music and anything else you might be doing, and if it's not just you in a studio apartment, but in fact a large family, you hit that cap real fast. Well, it's, now, it's kind of insane that that literally everybody's like 4K, 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 4 It's like all 4K streaming is oh, so Google much. Google Stadia. The, Google's like, just stream your games. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. It's like game yeah. streaming and 4K video and the new consoles. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're downloading massive like 80, meg- 80 oh, gigabyte games. It's just a 250 gigabyte update to Call of Duty. What, what do you, it's not that big a deal. Right, right. <laughs> this is such a bad time to do this. Let, let's just say they have a legitimate business reason and they and that 99% of their customers, or what's the number, 95% of their customers, they say don't ever go over the limit. Let's just say that's all true. But at this moment, when everybody's literally trapped at home because of a pandemic, I get you have a captive audience, but it just feels like, why don't you wait a few months to like at least the vaccines start making their way out there because like me ryan you mentioned this like people are homeschooling multiple kids you have to watch enter all your entertainment at home you have to basically stay at home and use like your internet for lots of different things like for work why why yeah for work for play for communication for everything why here at this you know moment, why right you before why. right before the holidays, shareholder growth baby right before hanukkah when, which everybody's waiting for excited about yeah. Now you're screwing everybody. You know? I will also point out that all of this wouldn't be so bad and it wouldn't smack so hard in the way that it didn't when uh, mobile carriers said that they were doing away with unlimited data years ago. Because guess what? Market forces forced them to bring back unlimited data because Sprint said, well, the thing that will differentiate our crappy service will be that you can have as much of it as you want. And then everybody had to fall into line and try to compete with that. 
Comcast is both government subsidized. You paid for Comcast to be in your roads and to have a link up to your house in the way that you pay for a lot of pharmaceuticals to be researched. And then a private company gets to reap all the profits from it. And on top of it, is a monopoly. Comcast is probably a monopoly. If you're listening to this and you use Comcast, it's probably because it's a monopoly. Most people do not have the luxury of choosing between multiple high-speed internet providers. This is true. If I, your I, only I, option is Comcast and your only option, they could price gouge whatever they want as long as they don't raise the hackles of the legislators. The only people at that point that Comcast is trying to not piss off are senators. And that's it. Well, and yeah. as usual, if well, you live in... Uh, rural America or you live somewhere where there really is the only Comcast is the the only show in town, you really have no choice and get the short end of the stick again. But this lack of uh, and you paid option. for the right to be screwed like that. You paid your tax dollars right, right. previously for subsidized to exist. Yeah, I, I live in Brooklyn, which I don't consider especially rural, and even I only have one choice of internet provider. It's Optimum or a mobile something. Uh, yeah. There is there is no choice whatsoever. Um, so I can only imagine if you live somewhere where uh, Comcast is is the only 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 option. Um, I mean, it's not like you can you can hold hold out hope and be like, well, you know, it's fine. I'm sure I'm going to have uncapped five G to take the pressure off anytime soon because you know that's not going to roll out to outlying areas, right? And even if it does, five G. It, there's only so much spectrum and only so many companies can own those spe that spectrum. So it's already limited, like just by the laws of physics. So at that yeah. point, we like I, I don't understand why the U.S. I mean, I do understand because, you know, uh, money in, is in politics. But uh, the U.S. should have a system similar to the U.K. where up until the last mile, it's a common carrier. And then it's on like there's little shacks and, 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 and at the end of that of the giant pipeline, there is a wire that the one company can decide to run from the shack to your place. And then you can decide who you want to run that wire. And then they can all compete with each other. But the issue here is that like, we don't have that. Like, it's not like the power company where it's a utility and then you can choose your power company and they're using the common cables. It is just, you know, they own all the cables that you free market, baby. That's the free market. I don't understand your problem with it. <laughs> it's how it works. OK, uh, you put the cable down there and then everybody got to use your cable. What's the issue? Use your service. I don't know why it's funny. <laughs> I mean, if these companies had had it their way, there are so many things that people love that would just simply not exist. Do you know how if they had it their way? We would have television and cable. And that's it. <laughs> and we would be paying. There would literally be there would be thirteen. There would be like thirteen channels or whatever there used to be. Like NBC uh, Red, NBC Blue, NBC Yellow, NBC Green. <laughs> exactly. And the funny thing is, you forget when you get good service because I have FiOS now, and of, of course, run by the biggest bastard of all of the providers. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you're like, I'm like, oh, it's so good. Like we're all set here, no complaints. And yet, I remember being in Brooklyn and only having Time Warner. That was my only option, Time Warner Cable. They may have, maybe they have expanded at this point. But I don't know. And it was like so bad. At one point, I was like, I'm getting rid of this and I'm going to get a, a dish like in Brooklyn. I'm going to get a dish because, <laughs> oh my because this, this TV, the TV service was so bad. And it's just like I hated the company so much. But that was also a horrible decision. But the point is, you know I what tried a great it. TV services. You know what a wonderful TV service is? YouTube TV. But mm, it's because there's it different though? competitors. I, here's what I think. Any service that carries OANN or Newsmax 
or the Scientology Network. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, if I if I if I ran one of these carriers and I was like, oh, there's a channel that's on TV every day that is just sharing demonstrable lies couched as news as misinformation. You know, we talk about Facebook a lot, not to completely deviate this conversation from where we were, but like we talk about Facebook a lot and all this like moderation. Why don't they control this? And why don't they, you know, stop lies from spreading? But there are literally like tens of millions, hundreds of millions of homes in this country that get these channels and the providers assume no responsibility whatsoever. I mean, look at Sinclair. Well, Sinclair is an entire network built on this kind of like right wing bullshit. But I'm saying that like Newsmax and OANN and RT, like Russia Today, they are carrying like the kinds of things that get on Facebook now and on Twitter, the tag that's like, this is disputed or this is a lie or this is not based in reality or whatever the fuck they get. That's their entire existence. Yeah. Yeah. But it's their entire existence. And you have to wonder, you know, what's the benefit? I understand. I mean, yeah, your customers, some customers may be pissed off. But but also, again, you're stopping the spread of lies that are truly making people like lose their minds like they're, insane they're, like mental they're like, illness they're actually creating mental you're illness spreading disease yeah like and by the way it's fine if you have a difference of opinions or you say well science says this and then somebody says well there's a scientist that says this you can have a conversation about that we're i'm not talking about those kinds of things like i'm talking about like stuff that's like not true it's like widespread election fraud all these stations are like there's widespread fraud the vote was stolen from trump all this stuff it's like there's no drop of evidence to support that and it is truly fucking up this country anyhow so like you know you talk about this lock and the but i also think let's let make these people let's make them more they should answer more to the consumer and they should answer more to our government by the way speaking of net neutrality this is a place where net neutrality has been absolutely destroyed during the trump era and this is a kind of question about throttling that would come up in a net neutrality conversation when you throttle potentially you are not only making the experience worse for consumers but you're also making it harder for competitors but that's in, the point you've also got to force it you've got to force it a, with regulation the problem right. is you well, can't You've got to say, well, like for coverage or for internet speeds, you've got to say, if you want to continue to have a license, if you want access to 5G spectrum, you need to provide 98% population coverage at a minimum speed of 20 megabits a second. Or something. Well, you I need mean, to that, make these rules that are like, if you don't hit these targets, we hit you with a billion dollar, that's never enough, a $10 billion or a $100 billion fine. It's got to be punitive because that's the only thing the market, these sorts of markets understand. Otherwise, poor people in Nowheresville are always going to have shit internet. Want to hear more from Ryan, Joshua, and Craig? Then stay tuned for today's second story. Now, a message from our sponsor. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden called out Mark Zuckerberg on Thursday, demanding that Facebook crack down on misinformation and fact-check politicians' ads. While campaigning, President-elect Joe Biden expressed dismay at Facebook's propensity for letting misinformation thrive. Now the social network is reportedly planning an apology tour of sorts to suck up to Biden and try to avoid being broken up. Here are InputMag.com editor Ryan Hulahan, editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky, and news editor Craig Wilson discussing the news. Facebook is buttering up Biden. I mean, there's actually a story, I think uh, Mike Isaac and Kevin Roos did a big story today in the New York Times, you know, about how Facebook, basically you have one of these stories every two weeks where it's like, Facebook uh, has the tools to absolutely eliminate all hate and violence and Nazism from its platform, but Facebook chose not to because it would diminish engagement or whatever. It's like a story that's literally like that. 
there's, you know, this anecdote, and this is the anecdote you always hear. It's like, oh, Facebook had a tool, literally, to show fewer posts that people considered to be like news that was bad for the world. They have a way of like showing people less bad news, but they found that people come to the site less if they see less bad news. And so they didn't do it. And it's like, I don't know. They also have said multiple times that they're like, we we want to be fair to conservatives. And okay, well, first off, it's perfectly fair to say our playing field does not include Nazism. So if you're going to compete, go right ahead, but you can't use Nazism. And it's also the, the case that conservatives whine that they're being silenced, even if they're the top 10 most discussed voices on the platform, even if their voices are being spread farther, faster, and harder than anybody else. So at that point, if they're not engaging in good faith, then why do you care about trying to please them? They're going to complain either way. So might as well not get people killed. Sure. I mean, might as well not create an army of Kyle Rittenhouses. Well, I mean, I guess the bigger problem here is user is user fall off. And that's the thing is that, you know, this is a private company who are answerable to Peter Thiel and their shareholders and will kiss whichever ring or rear end is connected to the levers of power, which I guess at the moment is sort of fortunate because if they're going to bow down before Biden, well, this was inevitable. They're going to go, the money will follow whoever wears the crown. What concerns me though, is that Biden, I think knows, and obviously our constituency in the Democratic Party certainly knows that Facebook is out of control and is begging to be regulated. But the Biden administration has shown a, uh, a certain centrist corporate propensity to listen to lobbyists and donors. And I'm concerned that Facebook's campaign of charm offensive is going to actually work in its favor and that we're going to go four years without actually regulating this like thing. We're going to repeat 2016 in 2024. Look, I think there's something to be said for that sort of moderate coziness. But I will also say, I think the Democrats understand that Facebook is a weapon of choice for the Republicans because Republicans, you know, will slip through every loophole and will use every opportunity to lie and sort of spread lies on the platform. I think it's like somewhat of a, not just about Facebook's business, but I think Democrats must see that the future of like them being able to make certain types of arguments is going to be hamstrung by having services that are so vast that are obviously engineered to promote messages that are further and further from the truth. And I think like, I think, so I think there's like a kind of existential question for the Democrats that, that obviously speaks to lots of other pockets of, of society, but is like, Hey, do you want to empower a vehicle for misinformation and disinformation that very often levels lies and mistruths and just outright uh, hate-inducing bullshit. Do you want to allow that to continue to be mobilized by the right wing and by even more extreme groups than you know the regular right wing? Or do you want to clip its wings somehow? And I think also for humanity, of course, its wings should be clipped. But I think that for them, if they don't, it's like, how do you fight that? I mean, the reality is 72 million people in this country voted for Donald Trump. 72 million people walked into a you know polling place or walked into or got the mail-in ballot or whatever and were like, that's the guy I want to follow and that's the guy I want to listen to. And like that platform is just a megaphone for that kind of stuff. And it's probably converted people who were moderates into extremists 
because of the lies. And so, like, I think you got to when they think about it's actually a moderate should be a moderate goal. If you're a Democrat that believes in and maybe I'm rambling here, but if you're a Democrat that believes in your ability to get these middle voters that sometimes vote Democrat, sometimes vote Republican or these independents who are like, I don't know, you know, I'm an issues voter or whatever, whatever they believe. But if you believe that and you're a moderate, then you may look at a machine that turns moderates into extremists and say, we got to break that machine. We got to do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think so. It's less of even about like good policy. Go to the most craven basic politics of this thing. I don't think Facebook is good for Democrats. And I think for Republicans, it's a massive vehicle of lies and misinformation that has polluted, absolutely polluted their base and their voters and whatever the Republican Party stood for, which is like garbage. But it wasn't this level of garbage is, you know, unprecedented in human history. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how many people, uh, as often happens, some sort of overcorrection crisis, how many people distance themselves in the wake of uh, the last four years from that particular shade of republicanism. You know, you I like, still like people who go, OK, they start coming to their senses because this guy's no longer yelling at them 24 seven. Absolutely. The, 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 there are some who, look, I understand why you would support Trump in all manner of horrors if you can continue to stack courts and if you can continue to drive Republican agendas that you know extend beyond anyone's particular term. I understand the virtue of uh, you know not impeaching him, even when there are so many other obvious reasons why you might want to. But when he's no longer in power, it becomes a little bit more difficult if you are a, dare I say, a more reasonable voter to say, well, to, to hang on to that kind of uh, those extreme right. uh, fringe views, particularly when the broader climate hopefully will shift somewhat, uh, you know, in a year's time when maybe we aren't talking about the president for three days in a row. See, but when the Facebook machine still exists, I'll say this as someone who's very interested in in cults and who, and I, and I mean, this is like a serious, like academic thing. I, for a long time thought I might go into cult psychology when I went to college because I'm so fascinated with it. And through my adulthood, I've like studied it is people who leave cults are extremely susceptible to getting into a new cult in the way that people who, who are dealing with addiction are extremely susceptible to getting addicted to something else. And if Facebook exists, which is basically all the tools you need to get into another addiction, it's another dealer. Someone else is going to take advantage of all these ex-QAnon, ex-Trump people. And I think we need to break the wheel now. If we don't, we're staring down the barrel of something far more chaotic and far more intentional than the Trump phenomena. And I would especially say, not just to Democratic politicians or to regular people, but to people who work at Facebook, you're not going to change it from the inside. Like, I've seen so many... People say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't agree with it, but I, you know, I'm, I want to change the culture from the inside. I want to be an agent of good. I want to be in the room where the decisions are made. It's not happening. It hasn't happened. Your belly aching has done nothing. Please leave your jobs. The tech center <laughs> sector has a lot of other jobs. Millions of people are going to want to work with someone. Millions will want to work with someone who used to work at Facebook. And you can go be a whistleblower or something or go talk to a journalist and actually try to pressure the company in a way that might make an impact. Yeah, but I think that there can be regulatory pressure that works. There, It has worked before and it will work again. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Nuhuahan. 
Joshua at Joshua Topolsky, and Craig at Craig Wilson. I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.